Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. Happy New Year. My name is Ken Edwards. I'm with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my left is Ed Maher. He's with the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Good morning. It's going well. Happy New Year, Ken. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. What'd you do? Uh, I stayed out late with some neighbors and uh, rolled into the house at about 4 o'clock in the morning. So I'm, I'm running on fumes, but I'm really, really excited for 2023. There's no way that's true. No, it's absolutely not true. I don't think I made it till midnight. Yeah. I did a bunch of uh, ecstasy. And uh, no, that's not true either. No. I did. I, I sleep by 10. I haven't seen midnight on New Year's in a lot, a lot of years. Yeah. I mean, New Year's was fun. Uh, I'm not even going to get into it. I'll sound like such an old man talking about how old hassle it is. Back in, back in and, our day. Yeah, it's so cold outside. you got to pay for a sitter. We are so awesome here on the workers, Mike. Yes. And well, we don't have time to be staying out late. We've that's got right. we got do. work to do. And this is, a, this is a big year for labor. I have a feeling that 2023 is going to be an enormous year, uh, as was 2022, right? I mean, it was a good year for labor, no? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... We saw workers across the country in industries that had never really been active in union organizing before start to make moves toward organizing, start to file for some elections with the NLRB, win some elections, and start bargaining on contracts. So yeah, uh, it was a big move, a big jump over 2021 for sure. I think I there think, were... Yeah, 50% more yeah, elections. And that's a huge deal. Uh, 50% more elections year over year. A one-year jump of 50% in union elections. Um, that I just, think I think seventy percent were winners. Yeah, absolutely. I that's mean, the, a pretty good average, right? For sure. So you've got a lot of people in the process now of um, trying to negotiate that first agreement because the important thing to remember here is you can file for an election, you can be certified as a union, and that is a monumental step. But it's far from over. The hard work of it is getting to that first contract because without that, uh, you don't you don't realize any of the gains of being in a union. You don't have the protections, uh, I, I, the wages. I think that's right. Yeah, and and look for the people that have just joined a union, uh, have just formed their own union, have just organized one in their store. You know, here here's a message for you, and, and that is this: Do not give up. Do not get uh, disgruntled, disappointed, lose interest. You know, feel hopeless because you're going to have you're going to go through all of those feelings. Um, especially with a big corporation that has the money to wait you out, right. so you know that's a, it's a, it's an old game. It, it, it's it's known you know in labor land. It's just you know delay, 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 wait, delay, delay, litigate. Hope that there'll be a bunch of turnover. Hope you guys will get you know disappointed, lose right. faith in the union, and they're just going to wait you out. So yeah, I mean a perfect example is our uh, you know not to kick a dead horse, but our least favorite uh, Seattle-based coffee company that actually just this past week had. A complaint issued by the National Labor Relations Board for failing to bargain. I mean, many of their stores, many Starbucks locations across the country, I think it's almost 300 yeah. stores, uh, filed and won elections to be union, but now they have to get that first contract. And what they're finding is that Starbucks is simply not willing to bargain with them. And I think the the tactic here, I mean, Ken, you know probably more than I do on this, but they'll just wait it out, wait it out, wait until people quit, wait until they can just sort of intimidate people. And after a while, the union doesn't have support anymore, and it all just falls apart. So the yeah. work's only halfway done. Right. And so you need a you need a game plan or game plans to get that first contract because, you know, coming to bargain in good faith from the worker's side, you know, is literally 
50% of you are there to bargain in good faith, in my humble opinion, right? You do have companies that will sit down with the workers and bargain in good faith, but you have companies that have absolutely zero interest in having a collective bargain agreement or a union in their shop. And exactly what Ed just said, they will try and wait you out. So you have to try different things. I, I want to, you know, in, in, in a, a bright spot in this, you know, back to the coffee thing again, right here in Chicago, mm. um, IBW, local 1220, they um, organized a company, and I think it's a, a relatively small company, it's called Intelligentsia Coffee. Right. They've got five locations in Chicago. And they organized, um, and I think there are 30-some-odd folks somewhere in that ballpark, and within four months, they got their first contract. Right, right. It was it was quick, and it's got you know protections. It's got wage increases. It has benefits. I think they have uh, training for the baristas, which is actually a, an investment for the company. That's of a good course. thing for the company. Good thing for the workers. I think they got time and a half, you know, on holidays now or double time or right. something like that. I mean, I know that there were significant gains made in that contract, which hopefully, you know, and kudos to local twelve twenty and kudos to the IBW for for being able to get that. You know, get that accomplished. Uh, it's it's not a small feat. You know, you think like, oh, well, whoop de do. We got thirty one people, thirty one right. people in an industry that has zero, <laughs> you know, union right. members is uh, is is quite the feat. So, um, and I, let's let's also just say that the uh, the people that run the the boards here and and uh, do all the technical work here at WGN are also proud members of Local Twelve Twenty. Do they get a discount on the coffee? They will now. They should. All right, we're going to look into that. Yeah. You hear that, Ferg? Congratulations. We're working for you, brother. Yeah. I actually went into Intelligentsia a couple of days ago, and I congratulated the the lady behind the counter, and she was really, really excited about it. And so if you're looking for a place to get some coffee in the city of Chicago, check out Intelligentsia, because at least you know that if you're going to spend a few extra dollars on a, an expensive cup of coffee, uh, that it's going to the right place. This is a company that didn't stall out, didn't hire a bunch of union busters, didn't hire consultants to starve out their uh, their workers. They sat down, they partnered, and they got this thing done. They actually put their money where their mouth is, right? right? Outwardly progressive, and actually when push came to shove, they they followed through on that promise, and and that's really nice. The, the hard thing about it is actually spelling intelligentsia. Can you spell it? There's uh, no way you can spell it. Is there three L's? <laughs> Or just one. I don't know. In coffee? I think it's French. <laughs> you are listening to the Workers Mike. Um, we are t- talking New Year's. Uh, we're going to be talking some New Year's resolutions. We're going to be talking about some tactics. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of really cool stuff for this upcoming 2023 year of the worker. Uh, I don't know if you know that it is the year of the worker. Is that the the Chinese New Year? It's yeah, of like course. the year of the dog, year of the pig, year of the year of the worker. Everybody I mean, knows that. Yeah, we're <laughs> yes, it is year of the worker. All right, that's my favorite one. <laughs> we'll be right back right here on seven twenty WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to the Workers' Mic right here on seven twenty WGN. I'm Ken. This is Ed, and we are talking about 2023, things to look forward to in this upcoming year of the worker, which Ed mentioned is a 
the Chinese version, right? Yeah, the China, it's the Chinese Chin- lunar calendar, right? The year of the worker. We've been waiting for this for, you know, what, 13, 14, 16, I don't know how many years. A long time. Hundreds, actually. Hundreds and <laughs> hundreds of years. So, probably, probably thousands of years. So yeah. let's let's take advantage of the year of the worker. You know, yeah. we, we talked a second ago about contracts, right? And, you know, you, you make a good point. Organizing, and I've always said this, organizing is the easy part. And it's the fun part, right? It feels really great. Yeah, we got our first union. Now comes the slog. And I mean, just knock down, drag out, never-ending, boring process of trying to get a contract. And if you're a nascent union, for example, that is not part of, let's say, you know, we just mentioned the IBW, you know, or Building Trades Union or, you know, UFCW or professional, you know, unions that have been around for a long time, these legacy unions, and you're trying to do this on your own. You know, how, how do you accomplish that? Well, yeah, you don't have the resources that a lot of these large organizations have, whether it's organizers, people who've done this before, people who've negotiated contracts before, lawyers, as much as I hate to, to throw a bone to lawyers, labor lawyers are the most important people uh, in this process, probably, because it's the corporations will throw lawyers at you and you've got to have something to to fend off right and you're and you so you know in, unfortunately in a lot of these instances you're bringing a knife to a gunfight right right you're showing up you're you're three you know workers that know nothing about labor law except maybe what you've read on the internet don't even know what a contract looks like except maybe what you've seen on the internet and now you're supposed to negotiate you know and there are so many nuances about negotiations you know what's a permissive subject what's not i mean that you know we could talk about negotiations for you know three years of law school but it's not easy and you know you have to think about other ways of achieving that first contract and you know the, we, we were reading ed and i this morning we were reading about a group of teamsters in indiana that work for a company called monosol and i think they make like detergents, detergents chemicals um right. i don't know i mean it probably is not the, the safest job in the world and yeah something uh, something like that i think uh you yeah. depend on the the safety in the contract for it's one sure. of the most important thing and i think uh they they had an issue with working conditions and they went on strike. Right. And the strike lasted, I think, about a month and change. They came back in with wage increases and their safety issues concerned. They had the backing, obviously, of the Teamsters, mm-hmm. people that knew what they were doing. Um, but not an easy thing to do. But kudos to these workers and kudos to the Teamsters in Indiana for getting this done. You know, that is an effective way of getting a first contract. Now, you know, I have to caution you if you strike for economics, money. Right. You can be permanently replaced. Right. Imagine that. Uh, that. That's what the law in the United States is. Well, so there are a number of things that you can go on strike for. To your point, Ken, you can go for economics, for uh, unfair labor practices. And I think that that's kind of the gold standard for workers when it comes to going on strike. You, but but to be able to do that, you have to know enough about labor law to know when your rights have been violated. You got it. And you, you absolutely got it. And you can, if you go on an economic strike, meaning you're not going on strike for an unfair labor practice, if you look at if you, any picket line you see, you'll see on strike for unfair labor practice charges against blank, right? That's that's like you said, that's the gold standard of a strike. And what does that mean? It, it means that the, that you allege that the company committed an unfair labor practice by, you know, not negotiating in good faith, uh, changing working conditions, firing a union organizer. I mean, this is just threatening this, workers, yeah, coercing yeah, workers. Yeah, there's a ton. Of, ton of unfair labor practice charges and quite frankly you're going to find one 
Right. Right. I mean, you're going to find one. And then you don't even have to have the company be found uh, guilty of the said unfair labor practice charge. You just have to allege it and allege it in good faith. Right. I mean, well, as the baristas at a, a coffee shop or at a sandwich shop or something like that might not be savvy to unfair labor practices when they're being committed. But in the same vein, the manager of that shop is probably not savvy enough to <laughs> right. know that he is committing 10 or 20 of them every day. <laughs> so... So getting that first contract is is key, and you know I I, I was talking, I think we were on a, a text trail with you know some some labor folks who said you know hey if if these unions don't have a plan to get that first contract then you know shame on them for organizing in the first place. Yeah, it's a, it's a two part process, and then you get into the into the world of representing these workers after you have the contract. Sure. But but you're absolutely right because to to create a union, you've got all these workers that have put themselves out there, taken this big action, and if you can't get a contract or don't have a plan to move toward a contract, they're kind of just twisting in the wind. Yeah. Um, without the protections that a contract would have, so. You know anybody who's out there trying to form a union has to have a plan to get to that to that contract. And That's while right. while we celebrate every time a Starbucks or a Chipotle or an Amazon wins a union election. Without that contract, it doesn't mean a lot. And that's the part that you don't see in the news. You see the election part, and then the news walks away, and nobody talks about it anymore. But these workers need support as much as ever when they're fighting for that first contract. So, you know, I, I, you know you're absolutely right. And I've listened to, you know, so many podcasts, and, you know, everybody's got a podcast now or writes a blog about labor, about workers' issues. And that's a great thing, by the way. They're they, even giving guys radio shows about it. Huge mistake. <laughs> We're that, just kidding. Yeah, we're just kidding. Best idea you ever had. Most pop number one show on, on WGN, correct? Yeah, between eight and nine o'clock on Sundays. Yeah, the number one show. So, you know, I I, I follow a lot of these blogs, of course, and you know, I just I read till I'm you know sick of reading about it, and a lot of them expose you know various things that are going on. That's good, right? You know, you need exposure to it. People are learning about labor. People are learning about unions. People are learning about workers' rights. That's all important. But what I don't see a lot of is actual ideas and, you know, how to move the ball forward. Right. And one of the things I think that we're going to talk about at the end of the show, but I'm going to throw one out now, is is we're going to talk about some New Year's resolutions and and what I think, uh, what we think that labor workers and and those companies that actually – um, care about their employees can do better. But the the thing I want to talk about right now in terms of contracts is this. Suppose you passed a law that said workers that don't have a contract within 12 months get to go to arbitration. And what does that mean? Here in the state of Illinois, public employees um, police fire because they don't have the right to strike and new groups of under 35 in public sector land get to go to what's called interest arbitration. And that means, in plain English, that if they don't have a contract, whatever final issues they have left after negotiations goes to an arbitrator, and he picks one or the other of those proposals. He doesn't split the baby. He doesn't get to create his own contract. He doesn't get to create his own wage scale. Um, Much like a baseball salary arbitration, he simply picks which side makes the better argument for their cause. So he may pick the union on wages and the employer on health insurance and the union on hours, et cetera. But it gives an impetus for the employer to, number one, negotiate in good faith. Right. Right? Yeah, it comes serious because there's a clock here. There's a clock, and do you want to put your fate in in arbitrator's hands? Um, And 
and two, it gives the workers a sense that, hey, if they're not going to negotiate in good faith, this is the clock, and I know I'm going to get a contract. And you know, if they don't, you know, play ball, somebody's going to impose a contract. Now, I just said impose a contract. Seems like the Biden administration has no problem imposing a contract. Well, the Biden administration and Congress have have shown that they are willing to do that so, uh, in the economic yeah. interest. Right. So don't you think it's in the economic interest of the United States of America to have workers have the right to collectively bargain? Well, that's the law. It says that in the National Labor Relations Act, right? And why not, you know, have Biden impose a rule that says if you don't have a contract in, in, in one year, you know, some sort of executive order, then you get to go to interest arbitration. Well, I think, in a, especially in the case of a first contract, because we talked about the, the rail uh, contract imposition and sort of the negatives about that, but when the alternative for these new unions is to be sitting in an empty room where Starbucks or whoever hasn't sent people to negotiate with them, and this goes on for years and years and years until they just give up and the union falls apart. If the alternative is that, then I think for that first contract especially, having somebody come in and say, okay, you know, I'm going to pick this, I'm going to pick union side on this side, employer side on this issue, like, you know, and and by going through item by item, they can come to a, a, a compromise, what you'd consider a compromise, and it gets things started. You have that first contract, you're off to the races, and then in future subsequent successor agreements, you start to figure out and improve pieces of language That's here right. and there. But but it it it. it gets things moving and and like i think i've heard you say this ed i think i heard you say this this is going to be good (laughs) in my tv job in your tv job i heard you say that you you can't get to the middle if 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 parties won't get to the table that's exactly right right is that what the quote was i always remember that i thought that was a great quote and and you're right right how do you reach a contract if you know three people are showing up from the union none of whom, by the way, are lawyers or staff or whatever, they're just workers, and the other side just doesn't show up, or they show up and have no idea what you're talking about, have no real intent to, of negotiating a contract. So let me say this to the unions, to labor, to people that have you know, political aspirations, to politicians, etc. Get a bill, pass a bill that gives us the right to interest arbitration for our first contract. So there's idea number one in year 2023 is how to move this ball forward. AFL-CIO, change to win, big giant unions, let's get this done, right? I mean, I don't see how this can be a partisan issue. It's good for workers, period, the end. And good for workers, good for the economy. And this is something that we've all been waiting for. All these organizations, change to win, AFL-CIO, international unions, we've been waiting for the day to come that people who are not in unions would see the value and would stand up and organize. So in the year 2022, we took that first big step. It started to happen, a 50% increase in union elections. This is something that hasn't happened before in a single year. This is a big deal. We're halfway there. We have to keep it going. If 2022 was the year of winning union elections, 2023 has got to be the year of getting first contracts. And if the current status quo for the for the regulatory landscape, the, the legislative landscape, is going to be leaving workers to just figure it out for themselves, it's going to fall apart and people are going to stop trying. So we've but, got to give people the tools. Yeah. We have to give people ideas. And organizations that know how to do this have got to step in and help. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You are listening to 720 WGN, The Workers. Mike, we will be right back with more discussion about Year of the Worker 2023. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back to The Worker's Mic here on 720 WGN. I'm Ed. Sitting next to me is Ken. 
And uh, Ken, before the break, we were talking a little bit about organizing in industries that people have heard about, you know, food service, coffee shops, things like that. But you were telling me a little bit about something that's been happening uh, in an industry people might not expect. It's pretty surprising. Yeah. So um, it is the Exotic Dancers Union. Really? Uh, They're they're forming, getting together and organizing, forming a union? Yeah, strippers union. And where is this happening? Um, In Los Angeles, go figure. And I got to tell you, and we'll we'll talk about the, the details of it, but the greatest thing to me about, and I don't know if it's, can you say strippers? Is that is that derogatory, or do they like to be called exotic dancers? I don't know. On the radio, I say exotic dancers. All right, let's just say exotic dancers. Okay, so so the exotic dancers union, um, they didn't form their own union. No, no, they joined a union. Which, you, you know what union they joined? I don't know, but the smile on your face is telling me it's going to be a good one. <laughs> actors Equity. Really? Yes. Yeah, so just I it's like a performers thing. Then. It's a. Per- Actors Equity is one of, I think, one of two major actors unions. Uh, I think SAG is the other one, obviously. Um, Screen Actors Guild and mm-hmm. Actors Equity. I'm not sure what the exact difference between the two is. I should know this. But uh, they they joined an actors union. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, forming a union makes a lot of sense to me. Because if you think of an industry that's probably just ripe for, uh, for exploiting workers, I mean, there's got to be a, an end of the spectrum where it's terrible, but even on even on the better end of the spectrum, there's got to be some basic things. Uh, I don't know scheduling. Who knows? But there have to be a lot of things that these workers are just sort of stuck on. And uh, and I think I mean every worker should have the opportunity to join a union. So you know I, I celebrate this the same way I'd celebrate anybody. Oh, uh, no, it's fantastic. No, no question about it. What what struck me as is you know ironic is that they joined actors equity and you know who's well, they're the, all who's, acting anyway that's Ken, what they, i'm saying they who's, don't, the, who's yeah. the best actors in the entire world <laughs> they or, don't like me yeah that girl said she liked me <laughs> i just gave Wait a, a second i just gave a lap dance to a 300 pound guy who's and i made him feel attractive i mean you, you should win an oscar for that the things that that christmas bonus could have gone for <laughs> So well now I know. Yeah, so 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 they formed the they formed the union, right? And and they picketed, they did all this kind of stuff. And you know, sure enough, lo and behold, what do you think happened? Just like any other industry, right? The employer, I think it was, I can't remember the name of the place, but I literally think it has the word dive bar in its title. um, Challenged every single one of the ballots except for one hmm. and said something to the effect of uh, uh, the exact answers are not actually employees they're independent contractors okay. it's like you gotta be joking me so now of course you know they form their union you know they take a vote and what happens all the ballots get impounded um, by the national labor relations board and now they have to litigate whether they're actually employees or whether they're independent contractors and like what i just come on blank dive or whatever whatever the place is just recognize them and you know give them a say in their working conditions in the last segment we were talking about what to do when your employer tries to drag things out and one of the most powerful tools a worker has is a strike and if you want to talk about the most publicly supported picket line in los angeles (laughs) i think if they if they walked a picket line the public would be overwhelmingly supportive or at least would come by to see what's going on i think they might be walking the picket line as we speak because i have seen some picket out there and i'm not sure if they're on strike or not um but but if they are i would encourage our listeners in los angeles do we have listeners in los angeles we have listeners everywhere everywhere yeah thank you uh to get out on the picket line and support them you know bring them some coffee some intelligentsia absolutely (laughs) warm it up (laughs) anyway i thought that was interesting i thought that uh you know you, you never think of 
you know, exotic dancers is forming a union, but it just goes to show that, you know, every single worker, whether it's a union or just sitting down and talking about your working conditions or being treated fairly or getting a fair wage, you know, it's it just every, like you said, I think a, a few shows ago, like there's, there's dignity in every single job, right? No matter what you're doing, period, there's, there's dignity in it. And there, and there should be like, don't be treated like garbage. You know, so these employers got to stop treating people like garbage. Like, look, look, Uber, it, it could be the most powerful union in the entire country. If all Uber drivers right. shut off their like little app at the same time, right? The, the entire world shuts down for five minutes. Yeah, what what are we going to have? A, a line of yellow cabs pulling up? Those are those are gone. There's That's no correct. other option, right. and everybody relies upon not just getting an Uber, but getting an Uber right now. And you know who's benefited from Uber? Uh, local restaurants, uh, places that people normally would have driven to, for example, or didn't want to drive to because they wanted to have some cocktails and they were worried about getting a DUI. Like, right. It has actually probably increased the amount of people that are going out because you can get an Uber, yeah. and like you said, you can get one real quick. So that's but, a good point about the DUIs too. Can you imagine? I mean, if if you had to leave a bar and find a number for a cab company and call a cab and wait for a cab, now you just pull out your phone. Imagine the 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 improvements on safety on the street late night that that these rideshare services i, think, I hadn't I really think, thought about that no but. i i think there's probably data on that yeah um, there must be yeah there must be but you know they're considered independent contractors and i think i think there was a, a law passed in california uh that that did not you know that, that unclassified that classified them as employees um you know hopefully you see you'll see more of that going on um in this year of the worker 2023 but you know once again they don't get benefits right they don't have a pension they don't have insurance yeah, it's just it's a job for right now, and it. I think one of the things that's attractive is you can make your own schedule. You don't have to show up to an office, um, and that's that's what younger workers are starting to move toward. There are surveys every year that um, that study workplace trends, and this is one of them. It's something where you have more control over your own time. You make your own schedule. You don't have to sit in a cubicle. Workers more and more are done with that kind of thing or don't want that when they are thinking about their next job. Um, but if this is going to be the workplace of the future, it's got to be one that works for everybody. It has to be one that works for workers and gives them the things they need, namely decent pay, benefits, and the tools to plan for retirement. I think that's right. And I think that companies that, you know, these startups or, you know, s- smaller places, you have to figure that into the equation when you're starting a company. And, I, you know, it, it's almost like, a, it, I shouldn't even say almost, it, it's your moral obligation to figure in the employees' wages and benefits when you're starting your company. Because if you have to squeeze profits and eke out an existence on the backs of your workers, then you're not doing anybody any good. Right. Right. You may get the, the, the greatest startup idea in the world, but if it's done to the detriment of the people that are working to help you, you know, to, to make that startup successful, well, then shame on you. Right. It has to be figured into it. You know, the human human cost, you know, you know, like human resources, yeah. human capital. Like, yeah. It's just like, we're just numbers. So do you remember when Andrew Yang, you remember him, he ran yeah. for president? Yep. And he had the idea of a universal basic income that yep. seemed to become a punchline for a lot of people. Some cities are doing pilot programs, but an idea that he had that I thought was really interesting and that I talked to with Democrats, Republicans, left-leaning, right-leaning, and everybody seemed to be on board with this is one of his uh, examples was automated truck drivers. So if you automated every truck in the country, you would put hundreds of thousands of truck drivers out of work. Right. So the companies that do this would recognize an enormous economic benefit. They could have trucks driving 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not have to pay for health care, not have to pay for anything. 
Um, and we've got this world now where we're, we've figured out a way to get robots to do the work for us, but nobody is actually benefiting. It hurts actual workers. So the, his idea was for companies that do this, there has to be some sort of a tax on it where you pay into a fund and that provides training opportunities or something to workers who have been completely displaced or dollars and cents in their pockets the universal basic income exactly so that's a way to look at this that that made sense to a lot of people and it was one of his ideas that i I feel like got lost in the shuffle of a a presidential campaign but um somehow somehow they'll call that socialism or communism or whatever but you know yeah but is it bad no (laughs) i mean ask ask a truck driver you can't find a truck driver who's not a little bit concerned about automated drivers it's not ready yet but it, it at some point it will and if they can make it work they will of course they will and if they're going to do it once again on the backs of everybody else and keep all the profit for themselves laws need to be passed that that prevent that look at look at uh like i always say this you know every time i go into a grocery store and i see the self-checkouts i just walk past the self-checkouts and i just scream self-checkouts kill jobs yeah you know i'm that i'm that schmuck you know but they do Right. Uh, and raving maniac. <laughs> and I'll stand on the line for the regular checkout for a hundred years yeah. before I go to self checkout. And the, there's a there's an employee there saying self checkout's open. It's like do you realize yeah, I don't work here. You well, do. Well and do you realize you're telling us to do your job? And take your job away from you. Right. At some point if everybody's using self checkout, they don't need checkers anymore. Yeah, how about this? Don't use self checkout. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I used to watch the Jetsons when I was a kid, and they had that robot made. And I was like, if we could find robots to clean our houses and drive our cars, it'll make all of our lives easier. But it seems like the way that automation is working into society is that robots and automation will just make a certain group of people a lot more profitable, and everyone else will have to figure out, like, the people who clean houses, the people who drive trucks, uh, the people who, you know, walk things across a warehouse. They're all just going to be stuck without jobs, without money. Unless replaced by robots, unless it's like Skynet, man. I've seen how this starts. <laughs> Absolutely. If they just lose their job, like in Terminator Land, that's the that's the least of their problems. Yeah. One day we've got uh, you know Rosie the robot made, and the next day there's Skynet flying over. You know what's going to happen, Ed? I just I have this. I just know it. Like this is my luck. I've worked my entire life, and like right as I'm dying on my deathbed, it's going to be something to the effect of. A revolution uh, has come, and nobody has to work anymore, and everybody gets a universal basic income. And then I'm going to die. Well, <laughs> I'll make sure that happens, even if it's not true. It'll be the last prank. The guy, the guy who taught me to play pranks on people, I will do that to you. Like, give me, like, a fake newspaper? I'll come in and give you universal. your last rights as a fake priest, and I'll just, you know. Universal basic income for everyone. Yeah. And now you die. You know, if you're going to die, you might as well do it with a smile on your face. Good point. Good point. Listen, uh, we are going to be back to chat about some new year's resolutions um right here on the workers mic on 720 wgn you're listening to the workers mic powered by the midwest coalition of labor and sponsored by megan financial premise health and voya financial welcome back everyone to the workers mic right here on 720 wgn i'm ken with me is ed and as we talked about earlier we are going to end the show talking about some New Year's resolutions for 2023. By the way, do you have any personal resolutions? Um, Yeah, I'm actually, my thing last year that I didn't actually get done was I wanted to read 20 books. Oh, wow. And I actually made it to 12. So I averaged about a book a month. uh, And it was a lofty goal, so I'll still call it a win. But uh, this year... Like uh, picture books? or Yeah, the ones uh, with the, they have the flaps where like, you know, like the dog pops up and scares the (laughs) hell out of me. Uh, Yeah, those are fun. They're like 8 to 12 pages. Um, but no, this year it's, uh, uh, I'm that's going a good to, one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, try to, you know, you get a little smarter. 
no, I, I'm, I'm, I, I try to read as much as I can, but uh, this year it's just try to, I don't know, I'm going to do something really original and stop uh, being fat. I'm going to try and uh, drop a few LBs this year, <laughs> and I'm really going to do it, too. Oh, okay. I'll be one of those guys in the gym for the first two weeks of January on my <laughs> cell phone doing bicep curls. It's going to be awesome. How about you, Ken? I am going to try and get back to the gym as well and uh, take care of myself. I like the reading books idea. That's a really good idea. Um, but other than that, no, I have no I – I, I don't make New Year's resolutions because I don't keep them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that doesn't stop me, however, from making resolutions for everybody else. Right. You know what I'm here's saying? Here's what all yeah. you should do. <laughs> and, and so, here, so here's my first resolution, and, and it's for, for all you that are listening to the show. Every single person that's listening to the show, except for my mom. She already does a great job. Every person out there needs to do better, needs to try harder. And I know... It's going to be like, oh, my God, I re- like 2022, I really busted my ass. And, you know, we had great gains and we did this and we did this and we did this. And, and I, I think that everybody that participated in the advancement of uh, working folks' rights and lifting people out of poverty and, and helping the working class kind of move forward, I think should be proud of, of last year. Last year, I really do think it was a banner year. It was a huge year. Yeah, absolutely. This year... I'm asking everybody just to make a resolution to do just a tiny bit better. Right. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, I know that, you know, obviously, if you've listened to this show, we're pro-union. You know, I have certainly drank the Kool-Aid on that. But unions can do better as well. Absolutely. Right. I mean, as as union members, uh, I mean, what can a union member do? You can go to your union meeting. Absolutely. You know, you have your job nine to five, seven to three, whatever it is. But outside of that, the union is is doing things for you, so it, it behooves you to participate in that, to know what's going on. And a union, what is a union? It's a group of workers that are all pushing in the same direction. So if you're a member of a union, you are that. And so if you're involved, it gets stronger. If you can get a couple of guys at work or a couple of girls at work to get involved as well, it makes the whole thing stronger. And when you have a stronger union, it benefits you more. So I mean, there's strength in numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's, it's pretty simple. So if you can go to a couple of union meetings this year or learn about your benefits, right? Um, you know, go volunteer on a picket line. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's you know, there's pickets all over God's creation. You constantly need picketers. You know, where the building trades get our picketers from our retirees. Right. Uh, literally, the retirees will come out and they'll picket. Right. Because they built this, they believe in it. So, you know, if you're a rank and file union member. Go to a meeting. Right. Learn about your union. Maybe read up on its history. Get involved. Volunteer for a committee. Uh, volunteer for a picket. Volunteer at a union picnic. You know, wh- whatever it takes. Yeah. And, and then I'm going to take it one step further, and that is talk to other people, right? And like you said, Ed, get people on your job site or at your job to, to come along with you, but also reach out for that non-union guy across the street right. and tell him about your benefits, and why you're proud to be in the union, and what you have achieved through your union, what your union has given to you. Explain it to him. Explain it to him in plain English and say, you see that truck right there? Yeah. I bought that truck with union wages. This is an easy sell because you don't, have to, you don't have to make anything up. You don't have to imagine anything. You don't have to use sales tactics. You just tell the story about what's actually happened. Every union member has a story like this. Um, about how the the extra money in your pocket or the health care has helped you. So share that story with somebody who might not have that because it, it's meaningful to people. Unions, you know, are that right now, 
uh, we you know we we talked a few episodes ago that are opening doctors offices together. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea, right? I mean, that's something that is game changing for members, giving them access to healthcare that they they didn't have before. So you have unions that are doing that, and then you have other unions, in in my humble opinion, that are resting on their laurels, that are not going out and organizing. And you gotta organize. Well, it's like with the workers' rights amendment. You pass this monumental piece of legislation, and there are a lot of people who are like, "We did it." And you're going to sit down, you're going to take a big deep breath, and you're going to take a break. Um, but in this world, if you're, if you're one of the people who is trying to drive unions forward, drive standards forward for the worker who doesn't even know about unions right now but will, you can't take a break. Even after a big victory, you have to start thinking about the next thing. If you're going to play offense, just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Like, now we've got this. What's next? And, and all of it is done to benefit workers. And when people make more money, they spend more money. The economy gets better. And it's... It's good for everyone. Does the guy who brought home $100 million last year, does he maybe bring home only $90 million next year? That would maybe. be a shame, huh? But uh, raise your hand if you think that that's such a terrible thing. <laughs> yeah. if, you're out, if you're out there working and you're fighting for the millionaires, uh, I'm sorry to say that I kind of feel bad for you. Yeah, agreed. If you, and if you're... If you're out there and, and you're not in the union, and you know you see uh, somebody making, you know that goes from fifteen bucks to eighteen bucks for a job that you think is not worth it. Well, you know what? Suck it up and say congratulations. Yeah, because that eighteen bucks is not a living wage either. By the way, right? And I mean, I think that falls into the theme of do better because yeah. when someone does well, there's always somebody else or two people standing on the side saying. They should just be thankful they have a job, or why do they get a raise? I should get a raise. And, you know, I think if we if we just try to support one another, not to get too Dr. Phil here, but if we try to support one another, and if you see a worker who's out on the street putting his neck on the line to try to get a little bit more, smile at him, give him a thumbs up, any little thing, or stop and talk to him. Um, you know, go in and tell the place that he's working that you're not going to support them, even if you weren't going to anyway. I mean, find a little way to support them. And, uh, you know, it'll put a smile on your face. It'll help him out and uh, or her. And it'll it'll push the ball forward, which ultimately will help you. There's no question about it. And then, by the way, it'll make you feel better about yourself. Exactly. You're like, literally, like... Smile I, at a person on the street. You want to talk about doing better? I go to a McDonald's drive-thru and I give the guy a box of two do. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you go through the drive-thru so you don't have to face the person at the counter when you're ordering three extra value meals. Happy, my Happy Meal. I actually put on a kid's voice and I order a Happy Meal. Yeah, well, are they still giving you those uh, Pokemon cards that you collect, Ken? <laughs> but listen, I don't even know what the statistics are, but the, the McDonald's by me, I, there must be thousand cars that goes, a thousand cars that go through a day. If every single person gave it the guy a buck... Right, it's a thousand bucks. Maybe yeah. they could split it amongst the you know ten guys that work there. And everybody could walk home with an extra hundred bucks. They don't have a tip jar. You get emotional. It's all right. I'm sorry. Really, this uh, is important. Well, it get is a little verklempt. <laughs> it is important. Um, all right. So you're going to hear a lot of 2023. You know, we're we're going to continue spreading this the, the message of, of workers' rights. Um, you know, we are going to launch our YouTube channel, uh, Instagram. We're going to sort of bring this thing to its next uh, logical conclusion. We have a new director of communications for the Midwest Coalition of Labor, uh, Deirdre Darnell. We're really looking forward to her starting. And we're going to start a TikTok page once she can teach Ken how to dance. <laughs> or use the computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but we're going we're gonna to talk literally about things that we think – uh, unions can do, workers can do, politicians can do, employers can do, and we're going to give concrete 
you know, serious suggestions and advice. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we talked about interest arbitration today. You know, we're serious about that, and we want to flesh that out. So we might have a lawyer or two on here to talk about it. We might have an arbitrator on here to talk about it, to see what that looks like, to see, you know, maybe have some folks that have used interest arbitration in the past to see what they think about it. You yeah. know, police and fire use it all the time. We've got the momentum from last year. Yeah. We're on the first day of 2023, and we're going to keep it going. That's our. That's my resolution. I'm down with that. All right. Well, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. We're going to start off a brand new year here. Let's learn, before we go, real quick. Um, if you had one movie to recommend for folks to watch, you know this 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 month, for example, what would it be? Uh, if it's a, like a union movie, you um, know, like a labor movie. All yeah. right, I got one. Okay, it's uh, Mate One. M A T E W A N. It's a story about the uh, the coal mines and Mate, uh, Mate One. Yeah, it's got James Earl Jones. It's from the mid '80s. It's awesome. Okay, mine would be uh, Snowpiercer. The one with the train that goes around. The uh, original, like the Korean Snowpiercer or the American Snowpiercer? I, I'm not talking about uh, outsourcing Snowpiercer, okay? This is the American Snowpiercer. Okay. Made right here in America. Well, they made... The, never mind. But that's a good movie. I've seen it. <laughs> it's about class struggle. That's know, a good point. Uh, you know, no war but class war, if you will. Right on. Right on. Right on. You've All been right. listening to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.